listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, my name is Brent Atwater, and I'm the Animal Medium, and welcome to our show today. Today is going to be interesting. I've asked Amanda Powers to come and join us, and she's going to ask the hard questions about the death and dying process. These are like, mm-mm, you shouldn't talk about that, no, 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 that shouldn't be on a show, and uh-uh, questions that every one of you probably wanted to ask. And we're going to applaud her for having the courage to ask questions out loud that everybody else wants to know and nobody talks about. Before that, we'd like to invite you to our YouTube show. We're doing the Animal Medium show over there, and it's our sister station to our Pet Life Radio. We would like you to see the archives in our Pet Life Radio, and they coincide with our YouTube videos. So we tried to make them so you can hear us talk and see us do it. And in doing so, you'll be able to have a plethora of things to choose from and a whole lot of free resources to help heal your heart. Now, before I forget, got a new book out called After Death Signs from Pet Afterlife and Animals in Heaven, and that will tell you that after death is real. It's called Living Energy, and afterlife is just a place where pets stay. It's a suburb of Pet Hip, and animal life after death does continue on. It's called Living Energy and or Reincarnation. So, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. You're going, oh no, this is too early in the show. Well, we're going to do it now because Amanda's got the questions and we've got the answers. See you in just a bit. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right. Get your Kleenex out, get your notepad out, and get ready for some of the questions that everybody out there wanted to ask but nobody really was going to about the death process. And we're going to let, we really applaud Amanda for doing that today. She suffered the loss of her Tibetan Spaniel Dynamite, which we have his picture up on our radio site over on Facebook if you'd like to see what a cutie pie she is. And we appreciate Dynamite allowing us to use her deceased being and living energy as part of our show. So we really honor you, Dynamite. Thank you so very much. And Amanda, we thank you so very much for standing up for all those who wish they'd ask, but they didn't. So what do you want to start with? Okay. You see Dynamite, you see pets transition and cross over to the other side of the veils. Yes. I I look at their energy and I see it happen. Like when you're euthanizing a pet, I see their spirit lift up out of their body. They literally cross over the death line, which is a black, totally void of any electromagnetic 
activity area, and then they cross to the other side and get in beautiful sparkler form, and all the time they're talking. So for those of you who think, well, he died and there's got to be time in between, no. The nanosecond they lift out of their body, they are alive, they are well, and they are healed. And that's really critical because that's going to be in our show, the things that animal communities tell you wrong. They're fine the minute they lift out of their fursuit. Okay, go ahead, Amanda. Okay, yeah, basically, I mean, I feel like that's probably a question people have. Like what, when that, in that moment, you see it often in your work, what that looks like. You mean like when the spirit is lifting out of the body? Yes. Okay. What it looks like is, and this is something that's interesting. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people want to know, was my pet hurting? Did they feel bad? Was it horrific? When a pet is leaving its body, if you see energy like I do, it's a counterclockwise swirling purple mass. And the fursuit is darkens. It gets blacker and blacker and blacker. And you're going, oh, why do you say black? Because black means it's devoid of any electromagnetic activity. So when the fursuit, it starts off with little holes in it of darkness and then that darkness takes over the whole fursuit because the little holes represent where the living energy has left and it leaves in a counterclockwise purple swirling mass that you know goes to heaven and then what that purple swirling mass does is it literally like a little baby tornado swirls to the death line and in the death line it gets absorbed okay it absorbs into the death line and then you see it come out of the other side like spilling of a sparkler onto the floor it's really just takes your breath away it's pretty awesome and if your pet turns into an angel then it spills into a beautiful blue angel form or a gold angel form or it spills into whatever that pet is going to be. But first, it inhabits the sparkler form. If it's going to reincarnate, it takes on a future form that shows me what your animal will look like when they come back. If it's an angel, it takes on an angel form so you know which of the archangel your pet was working with or who it was. And if it is a just a sparkler form, then it shows us that your pet can be literally a sparkler form for the rest of its life and visit you that way. It can come as an energy visitation where you see it full on, or it can come as an orb. So that sparkler form that I see when it hits the other side can come back as an orb. It can come back as the sparkler form. It can come out as a full-blown visitation, or it can come back just as a presence, a sort of steamy, cloudy presence. Does that help at all? Yes, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's probably something that most people wouldn't wouldn't think to ask, but I know that that's something that I was curious about. Well, I guess, you know, most people don't. I see it when I do readings every day, and so by seeing it, to me, it's just normal. And so I'm really glad that you asked that question because, to me, it's just like, okay, next. And for people who don't have the same visual that I do, I hope that I described it well. If I didn't, please ask me anything about the process that wasn't clear so I can further describe it so It'll allow somebody to understand it better. But it's basically like a counterclockwise till it hits the death line and it goes absorbs into the dark area of non-electromagnetic activity and then it spills out as a beautiful sparkler form or angel form or whatever on the other side. And that's when it becomes living energy. And during all of that, the only time the energy, it's here, I want to say this, the only time the energy changes is that split second that it crosses the death line and it's like lights flickering in a storm. 
it's not a long time where he's like, hey, he's hung up in the death line. No, it's like that split second where you're sitting in and you've had ice on all the limbs and you're going, please, God, don't let the generator go out. And it just goes flicker. And or it's like you have a lightning storm. and It goes flicker. And that's how long it is. It's just a nanosecond that it crosses over and then changes into living forever energy. Next question. Okay. All right. When a pet chooses a sudden, rapid, unexpected transition like dynamite did, I know that one of my heart's biggest questions is when that happened, is there anything that can influence an alternate exit point? Or Good question. Is the energy leaving too quickly or is there, I guess a lot of people second guess themselves and say, if I had done this or if I'd got to the vet a little sooner. So that's basically my question. If anything can influence that. The only thing that can influence it is if the pet decides to stay a little longer in the illness on earth. It's sort of like free will choice. But when it's your time, it's your time because both you and your pet orchestrated that. And in orchestrating it, you know, I have so many people that come to me and say, I am so terribly guilty because I could have gone to the vet earlier. I could have given this. No. If you'd gone, come home to go to the vet earlier, they would have died sooner. If you should have given them the medication two hours earlier, they would have passed an hour and a half before you gave them the medicine. So you would have made the pet have to work harder to back up and to keep up with your program of doing everything you feel guilty about. We have a video on, and we I think we have an archive here on the radio, about do pets know they're going to die? Yes, they know before they're going to die. How do you know that? You're going, oh, wow. Yeah, well, number one, they will give you a memory moment. You're going, what's a memory moment? Hello, it's in the book, Animal Life After Death. It's in the book, After Death Signs. We did a video on it. We did a radio show on memory moments. We have a blog that you can see that has all these articles free. We try to have a whole lot of free resources out there so you can learn all of this. And hopefully it'll help heal your heart. But where I'm going with, first of all, they'll give you a memory moment. That memory moment is done within the first two to three weeks prior to their death. And a memory moment is when a pet acted uncharacteristically in a time frame before their death and you sort of go, huh, wonder why they're doing that. Now, what was Dynamite's memory moment now that you look back on it? At the time, it it wasn't apparent, but it's one of those things, like you said, when you look back on it, it was just one specific one. I think I can just remember looking into her eyes at one point we were laying on the couch together and it was just a really calm moment between us. And I think now looking back on that, that was one of them. And then another one would be that she was kind of, she always had like some spunk. She was very energetic, but she was really, really playing with her brothers and like spinning around and twirling and like, I guess in a way, enjoying that and this was while she was sick oh she had that it was aberrant to her illness right it was well it's before it was because her illness basically took her in a day right but i'm saying it was just something as she was aging that she wasn't doing on an ongoing daily basis it was a little bit it was more a characteristic for her and i look back on it and it sticks out to me like okay like she, and I think I even have some video of it, of um, just one, just zipping across the yard and playing with her brothers and just acting like a puppy almost. There you go. And that's what it is. She's, it's just, she said, it's not abnormal, abnormal, like as in strange. It's just like, okay, 
she's now an older dog, but she's doing this puppy thing. And then when she looked in her eyes, you just had a piece about it, didn't you? Yeah, and it, at the time, I wouldn't have thought much about it, but you kind of have to piece together those memory moments after the fact. And, and that's basically what it was. It's just because... I was racking my brain at first on what they were when I first started reading about memory moments. And, you know, it's kind of in the same vein of having the feeling I had with signs from her. It's just Mm -hmm. it kind of clenches your heart. It makes you remember that time and space for Mm -hmm. just it's like it freeze frames that time and space. Yeah, it's almost like a photograph. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in your mind. It's just, yeah, it's basically what it is. Kind of a mental photograph of a, mm-hmm. of a moment. And another thing, besides the memory moment, is the fact that your pet also knows because they start bringing their energy in. We have, again, chapters in the book on pre-transition, so you know that it's coming because your pet does. And what happens is the energy that they have, their bodily energy, starts drawing inward. Even in sudden deaths, you will know that it's like, how do I say this? Their paws will get chilly, their ears will get chilly, their eyes will start getting a different look, and that's all because their electromagnetics of their body are being pulled inside their fursuit to the heart chakra so that it can in time leave. But the most telling thing is the memory moments. Now, if you've ever gotten, aha, that's a memory moment, then from then on, If you think your dog is getting ready to pass or your cat or your ferret or your bird or your fish, you'll be looking and saying, oh, my God, is that a memory moment? Oh, is it? Well, it's not good. They're they're still going to be here. So once you've ever experienced it, you'll never look at pets transition ever again the same because you'll be you'll be recognizing those memory moments a whole lot easier. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something you have to experience, I think, before you can recognize it ahead of time. Yeah, but once you got it, you're never right. going to miss it again. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh, they're not going to sneak out on me and not let me know that they're <laughs> leaving anytime soon. And you're going, oh, I don't want to see that as a memory. For instance, here we go. I've got to go out of town. I'm scared to death to take a friend to the vets. And you're going, because he stays at the kennel at the vets. And everybody says, well, why? Because he's my boy, okay? And because I sleep with him every night. That's why. I don't like him being with strangers. And so I didn't want to take him to the vets. It's just inside of me, everything. And, you and I, you know, of course, I say, well, trust, well, trust, well, trust. Well, it, that's good for everybody else's dog, but this is mine. This is friend, okay? So I'm panicking because I have to go out of town for a couple of days, and I just don't want him to go. Everything inside of me is saying, no, no, no. So then I said, okay, Brent, get real. Watch him for the week before. Watch him for the two weeks before you got to go. And I mean, I'm like a hawk. Friend cannot potty. He cannot eat funny. He cannot sleep funny. He cannot do anything. And I'm like a hawk going, is that a memory moment? Is that a memory moment? And then after I said, nope, there were no memory moments, I took him to the vet and said, have a nice time. I'll be back in a couple of days. So once you've seen him and once you have figured it out and sorted it out through your grief, you'll know what the memory moment is, and that will allow you to know that everything, even though it appeared quick and as an accident, was really pre-planned. And the fact that your pet knows about his own death, you can see the energy changing in their facial expressions and their liveliness. And sometimes pets will get glassy-eyed, and they can tell they're starting to leave. But they do know because y'all have all pre-scripted it before you come to Earth. And on that, we're going to take a break for our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. 
beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow the Pet Lady on Twitter at Pet Lady World. You can also learn more at the Pet Lady at thepetlady.net. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Okay, I hope you're still with us because Amanda and Dynamite are asking those questions about death that a lot of people take for granted and don't ever mention out loud, but she is and we're answering. So, what's your next question? Okay, Brent, okay, does the stress or panic that we exhibit as pet parents during their transition, does that have any negative effect on them? I'd like you to ask that question very slow and very clear again, because when I answer it, I want everybody to have heard the question really, really well. So make it very articulate and good. Okay. Does the stress or panic that we exhibit as pet parents during our pet's transition negatively affect the transitioning pet in any way? The answer is N with a capital, O with a capital, nope, nuh-uh, uh-uh, no way, why? Okay? And you're going, really? And the answer is no, no, uh-uh, no, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. You know why? Here's why. That transition is your pet's process. It's about processing out of their pet suit over transitioning the death line, and into sparkler form. They're busy. Does that make sense? Right. They're going through their process to leave the body. Right. right. And you're doing your human thing. Right. That makes so sense. So they're doing- really on a trip. You're just having to watch the trip or you're there near the trip or you heard about the trip or you're worried about the trip. They're just literally on a trip. And the best way I know how to do this, I, again, I did a video on YouTube. It says, I did a picture of my cat coming out of her body. And she was 23 years old and she had a seizure. And I just was going stark raving crazy because she had the first seizure. Then I said, Brent, get a grip. What is she really doing? And what she was really doing is she was trying to get out of that tight cat suit. You know, like when you're in a wet bathing suit and you just can't peel it off of yourself because it's sticky to you. Well, she was like... <laughs> trying to get out of that pet suit so she could get to the other side. And I'm sitting there crying and watching her and going, go, ugly, go, go, ugly, go, because I knew what she was doing and I wasn't upset. So when you're seeing them vacate the suit, which as a human being, it splatters your soul and tears your insides out. They're going, now, how do I get my energy out of this left leg so I don't leave any in the toenail? And excuse me, I need to get a little more out of the right ear. And oops, I want to make sure that my tail looks good when it's coming out. So they are literally slipping out of the costume that they used as their earth body. And they're not paying attention to you. Now, 
what right. they do watch because I see them do this is every now and then when they're talking to me, they'll say, you know, I wish mom wasn't crying so hard over there, but I understand she's not aware of what's going on here. Or, wow, I wish they wouldn't be so upset. Now, a lot of people are very fortunate that the minute, nanosecond, the pet slips out of the fursuit, they can feel the pet right beside them. So it helps assuage the pain that they're feeling as human. So when you look at the pet death, there's two ways to look at the pet death. First of all, there is no such thing as pet death. (gasps) I can hear every pet loss group gasp from around the world when I say that. There is no pet death. And everybody's saying, well, it sure feels like it. Well, here's what it is. It's transition out of the fursuit to the other side. So when you look at it, you look at it as a human being, as in Fluffy's dead. No, 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 no. Fluffy's just slipping out of that costume or that fursuit to go to the other side and be a living energy. And that's what we'd like the listeners to do, to look at it from your human side, which is you're just shattered beyond. But look at the spiritual side. They're on a little journey right like. They're like on a little sprint. They're getting out of the fursuit, sprinting over the, the winning line, and standing in the golden light of victory. They're alive and well on the other side. Next question. Okay. All right. This is my last question. And I guess it does have sort of a tie-in with the previous. Okay. Because the previous was dealing with the stress and the way that we typically handle the loss as it's happening. Is there anything that you've observed that a pet might like us to do during their transition that we don't do or that we typically don't do? Because if we can accept that that's the planned moment and we can be a part of that process, is there anything that we can do that might help comfort them or anything of that nature? Great question. Ten points plus. (laughs) I think the most important thing is to celebrate their life and to know that because they came in a pet suit, they have a shortened life expectancy and they have to leave it. Now, I teach this, okay? But when my pets transition from their first suit, I go crazy for a while. It's, you know, I just go, mm-hmm. you know, and because it's human. It's human to cry. It's human to have emotions. It's human to feel vacated because you don't have the first suit to hug on. That's all human. So if you can get a hold of that and slip to your spiritual side, since supposedly the human part is we're on the earth school to evolve through, I think assisting them with joy, just saying, I love you, do what's best for you. I love you, do what's best for your choice. I love you, I celebrate you, thank you for being in this pet suit for that period of time in my life. Go, baby, go. Have a nice flight. Catch me the minute you want to send me signs. I love you, I celebrate you, I'm going to be happy about you being a living energy. I'm not going to focus on you being a dead fursuit. Because a lot of people get caught up in deadness. Ew, bad word. That's right, deadness. My dog died, my cat died, Fluffy's dead. No, they transitioned. And so if a person can know that that was just a little journey they had to take to lay down that suit and start a whole brand new journey with you, it makes it easier. It brings a greater joy. And it takes you opening your mind to that because the world is changing paradigm about understanding that there are, in fact, living energies that are alive. And I didn't believe in any of this till Mike was killed, which is my fiance, and he taught me from the other side all of this that I'm sharing with you because I was, I was like, uh-uh, don't be talking to me. Nope, 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 nope. That stuff's bad. He said, get over it. Open your mind up. Grow up. Evolve. And I'm going, uh-uh, I'm scared. So 
he took his time very patiently. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mike. And showed me that this is real. And once you've ever experienced it, like I bet, Amanda, anybody could say to you, pets can't send signs. I bet in your knowing, you would stand up in your truth and go, wrong, it's real. Is that true? Oh, absolutely, yes. And I think that that's what you need to share with folks, that if you can look at it from a spiritual point of view, how much does it assuage the damage of the human point of view? That's my question to you. Oh, I mean, the impact on having this perspective is, I mean, it's made me deal with it in a way that I never thought I could, because at the moment it happened, it's something I really didn't think I was going to be able to ever survive. Right. (laughs) I felt like, okay, this, I just couldn't grasp anything, but she did, you know, she basically reached out to me very early and let me know, kind of sent me on this journey, I guess, Mm -hmm. to look further into this. And yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, I know I sound probably really strong and I'm answering all, asking all these questions, but it was a very rough road. But it does, and it doesn't make the human pain go away. You still, Mm -hmm. I'll always miss her as she was. That will never go away. Totally but. agree. And that's something people don't get. That will never go away because it's a part of your heart. It's a thread. It's a fiber of your heart. It's embedded in your, etched in your soul forever. That's never going away. But you got a whole nother journey as their living energy that stays with you forever. You get a, somebody said, you have a mine only. We did a video on that too. But mine only in that it's your connection with your pet and mind only is it there in your mind and in your presence and in your energy field. So it just, would you say it enlarges your world? Oh yeah, it definitely does. Like the whole scope of what you, you know, your experience changes. It really does. And how... Since you were a skeptic when she first died, how did you evolve to where you are today? What made you decide to, well, I just might consider this? Well, I know that just the horrific grief wasn't getting me anywhere. It wasn't, that wasn't, I mean, it's a process. We have to, we have to go through that. We have to go through those emotions. But I guess. Did you have to go to counseling? I did. I did seek some counseling. Okay, yeah. that's good. Now, folks, look, there's nothing wrong with that. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to counseling over my dead pet. Excuse me. That's a family member. So if somebody says to you, you're going to counseling over a dead pet, hello, it's a family member. And a lot of times our pets are a lot closer than our family members. But I never said that on the air, so <laughs> you didn't hear that. But they are. So right. take it from there. There's nothing wrong with that. Please go get professional bereavement counseling because they're not going to say, naughty girl. They're going to help you process it and give you ways to process it because the reason you go is to learn to process it so you can evolve. that true? Yes. Oh, exactly. And I was really lucky that a, a good friend of mine, actually my dog's breeder, spoke to her after it had happened and she planted a little seed, I guess. She's the one that first mentioned the idea of this because she said she was trying to help me through it and she said she might even come back to you. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then, you know, <laughs> you, go, the world open, you, go, you go to your computer and you start searching this. And But doesn't yeah. that blow your world? I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. you're a very educated woman. Don't you think that just blows your mind open? Yeah, I mean, it really one? did. Yeah, and that's what I needed. I think she was a part of the my journey. She was supposed to cue me into that. Yeah, because I said to Mike, I said, Mike, he was saying, I said, he said, you need to get a new view and you need to understand that we can come back. And I said, dead boyfriends don't talk. What do you mean? And it just slammed me upside the head that 
Now, the key to all this is this process has been around 6,000 plus odd years. Hello. The largest world religions believe in this and have believed in it for 6,000 plus years. So I would be a slow study and you would be a slow study. But when somebody slams the possibility of living energy and even a reincarnation back at you, it rocks your being. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And this, and she was, it was the way she said it too, just really blunt. It was just, she just came out right out and said it. Mm-hmm. This can happen. So that led me into, you know, I'm, I'm kind of. Did you say she was crazy at first? Well, no, I mean, and, and I've kind of felt like I had somewhat of awareness. I'm a very, I'm a inquisitive person, but I'm mm-hmm. also open minded. So that's a good combination, I think. Yeah. For this, for exploring this. But I mean, when she said it, I mean, I guess that's probably the thing that brought me the greatest amount of comfort. When she said that, I was like, oh, that can happen. I have to figure this out. I have to see how I can communicate with her. her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Because as I soon as I do the, that, yeah. And I think you do that with pets that you're so connected with because you can have others that that doesn't come up. And so right. we don't want people to think out there, hey, look, this is always with every pet. No, some people are, some people, do you see I call my pets people? Some pets are here on earth to be more of a pet rather than a soul or heart connection. They're coming to be a, a fun part of your life. But it's the heart connected and soul connected pets that literally bomb your insides out that make you expand your journey, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And that's the ones that you kind of want to go on this journey with because you can't really fathom a life without them. Exactly. Amen. You want to say that again, please? And it's those pets, those soul connected pets that they're the ones that really send you on this journey because you can't fathom can't come to grips with a life without them. They're too ingrained in your soul. I'm in. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say is I'm in. So after you did the counseling, what did you do? Well, I did I did some of that just to kind of help me get back to, you know, the things I have to do in my life, to work. Yeah. And cause you got to get through your day and you've got to, you know. Cause it and they kinda, give you processing tools, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was definitely in stages. It was like I had an immediate like almost when it happened, Dynamite kind of told me she was still there, but I didn't know to what extent she meant that. And that's when my friend mentioning the possibility of reincarnation and that's when helping getting through the really tough parts of my grief kind of let me get to that point where I could start to um, use some of the tools in your book. And like the Facebook group is one of the first things I found. Because I got on there and just started searching. I was like, okay, if this is um, a possibility, I have to I have to give it a try. Yeah, it's a sort of it's sort of like you're compelled inside. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like it won't let you rest. Because I mean, I couldn't rest till I if I thought I right. could find Mike, I couldn't rest. Yeah, I mean, I knew if there was a possibility that I wasn't going to let it pass me by. I just exactly. Knew, yeah, I had to I had to put as much energy into that as it took. And so now you're talking to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a great experience. It's completely changed the way I see all, all death and all transitions. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's what it does to me, too. I was very afraid of death prior to Mike's dying. I'm like, oh, I don't want to die. And now it's like, oh, okay, I can deal with that. Because it's not scary anymore because I realize it's a transition. Right. Takes the fear yeah. out of it. It really does. And, you know, and you can, and once you experience that, once you experience connecting with a loved one of any kind on the other side, I mean, you know, that's your truth. You know, yeah. it's possible from then on out for mm-hmm. any time you have that connection. 
And that's what we're talking about is the truth. Yeah, it's real. It's real. And it's real. Any other questions? I think that that was my major questions. I think we covered a lot of big, big, big topics. So if you have questions out there, send them to Brent at PetLifeRadio.com. If you would like to ask Amanda more questions, she's in our Facebook group. You'll see us. We're about 50-some-odd thousand strong, and we have lots of discussions over there after these radio shows, and I think they will help you. We have um, translators, Spanish-Portuguese, and we welcome all members from all over the globe who are listening to our radio shows because we want to expand your awareness. So even your dumbest, simplest, saddest, most weirdest thought, ask in our group. I'll bet you somebody else around the world has been in your... Wouldn't you say Amanda's been in their same situation and go, I can relate to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, because it is really... It's a universal experience. It's, yes. Yeah. So that's that's what makes all the difference. It, and everyone in the group has had a shared experience in their pet transitioning and is just looking for answers together. And the more vulnerable and candid they are, the more vulnerable and candid others are because everybody's been in that space. And to me, that's the most interesting thing. As she said, the pain from pet loss is universal. Just because you're in Zimbabwe or in Alaska or in Maui Maui or Mui Mui or Puchatui or Wella Wally, it doesn't matter. The pain in your heart for your soul pet's just the same. And I think that is what bonds everybody together and allows everybody to ask questions. And I think that if you would like to join us, come on over. We are closed group so that we honor your feelings and your emotions. And we have lots of folks who can help shore you up and uplift your heart while you're going through this. Plus, at the top, there's all the free resources. And we have enough archives in our Pet Life Radio. Hello, they can keep you busy 24-7 a day because I get lots of emails that say, Brent, I listen to your podcast 24-7 a day till I can get my head together. And I said, good, that's what they're for. So we're here to help heal your heart. Lean on us. We'll help get you through. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye-bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.